You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to We Are Libertarians. Thanks so much for joining us. Today we are going to talk about the Twitter memos that uh, Matt Taibbi put out and uh, what happened with the Hunter Biden story. We're going to talk a little bit about Kanye West and um, I guess we'll talk about Elon Musk who is quickly becoming the number one topic. So stay tuned right here on We Are Libertarians. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Stanley file that somebody sent me when I was in Facebook jail. 
Don't forget Satana there. You know, mm-hmm. Our Loki wall. Pinkie Pie. So we get some uh, pony. Now explain the Loki wall is for those who haven't heard of it. Uh, Loki wall, the soon to be number three best show on the network. Uh, the, they're challenging Boss Hog. Yeah, colorful Boss Hog. And it's the, it's basically Wall's, you know, a pop culture show. It's our, we sort of talk more, we talk more about what, what is going on and like the news on the aspect of TV shows, stuff like that. It's just more of a, just trying to give a, a it's a good event release to just talk about what else is going on out there. No, we're not doing culture war talk. I know some, some members of the Loki Wall crew wants to. Yeah, they actually, like they actually kind of like the press release of not doing that. And we just talk about what we love and enjoy. And so, you don't, you don't let uh, Ryan Hull talk about how much he enjoys, how much uh, wokeness there is in culture today, and how he wishes there were more. And oh, yeah, we usually, like, uh, uh, when he does that, we uh, decide to, uh, well, his internet usually fails when that happens. Also, here is Ryan Hold. Hi, Ryan Hold. And I have another outlet for that thing, so that's going to be fun. I don't need that for on here or anything. I appreciate I can't wait to hear that in 2032. <laughs> <laughs> I, I put my first episode out 13 years ago. You have to wait. Reinhold is, uh, he and I share this tendency. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a, not delayed gratification, but delayed content creation uh, where you overthink it for sometimes many years. Well, yeah, and the thing is, too, is it's that you get this idea, oh, I want to talk about this, and start writing it down and doing research on it, and then something else happens. You're like, oh, I get this great right. idea. Let's do this. Yeah. So I, I have a bit of the ADHD mind going. And Wondery posted a meme about um, starting another podcast, and then your friends are amazed that you have started so many podcasts. But they meant listening to them, not starting them, which uh, listen for my new podcasts coming out in 2024. All right. Also, here is Paul. Paul Copeland, how are you? Thanks. Enough words. Thank you. All right. Also, here is Vincent. Uh, do you do you want me to use your last name? Vincent. 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 Yeah. Is that not even my real name anyway? So. Quite. Quite. What Rooney is your real name? Rooney Malore. Why would I tell you that? Your real name is the name that you choose. Yeah. Okay. Who's so to say the government gets to dictate what your name is? You don't have a chance. You know what we need to do? We need to take Reinhold. And like Clockwork Orange, make him watch Matt Walsh's documentary. Oh God, I, I can't sit through that documentary. No, to force him to watch that documentary. God, it's so it's so trash. <laughs> Have you seen it? The clips that I've seen, I can't, I can't, I can't force myself to watch it. Right. Um, I'm just teasing. Reinhold is not a. You're. I would say you're. A, you're not a progressive, but you're definitely liberal. So we tease you. He's our resident. Once, once Brian uh, Lindsay left, you became the most leftist person on the it, on the. It was team. nice having him on the network because I had some kind of deflection for all that, all the people who want to call everybody who they disagree with leftist. It's it, it was nice to have somebody go, hey, over here. Right. Like <laughs> you think I'm bad? Look at look at Brian. And also, like just knowing you, it's like, hey, somebody I can attack from the other side. <laughs> right. Um, but we give we give Brian hold a hard time. Because he has so many derangement syndromes. What's, what's funny is if you listen to my original Loki Wall appearances, uh-huh. uh, Loki Wall 1 and 3 and 4 and whatever, mm-hmm. you would not have considered me leftist on that Because <laughs> I was talking about uh, Russian conspiracy stuff, and our, you know, it was in Ukraine and everything else. Yeah. And not Loki Wall, I was talking about media, social media and pop culture stuff. And 
not caring about all this other terrible, awful stuff. And you don't really care about Christ until you meet him. Not at all. Yeah. Which is, why are you here? And I was asked to believe him. And it gives a different perspective on I, somebody who doesn't care about God. I, I do like watching Vincent. this fire burn around them. Vincent is very funny, so you're you're contributing by being funny. You you made me laugh last episode. Well, yeah, he's here. He's here to make the laugh laugh, and uh, he needs more mic training, so he needs more hours. This is not this is not <laughs> training hours. Uh, That's Loki Wall. This is whoa, whoa, whoa. The Loki Wall is going to be the the flagship yeah, show. So we need to make sure that. We get all the, the kids knocked out here yeah. when Walt Loki meets no, 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 exactly. no, no. This is podcast hospital. <laughs> <laughs> it was really from like uh, last year, but <laughs> 2021 was podcast hospice here on the Chris Bangley Show. Um, this year, I've actually been more productive and consistent than I've ever been. It's just been a different type of show, but yeah. Um, well, 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 we need persistent you ever been. I was standing like going like straight like for a month, you know. What? You haven't been that consistent this this yes, I year. have. Uh, I have put out well, at least one episode per week, which we've never done in Wheel of Eternity. Whoa, whoa, and, whoa, whoa! And in the past week, this will be the fourth p- episode that I'll, I'll post in the feed, and there's one Monday, too. And I'm going to say, like, he's actually here in December? Mm-hmm. Unheard of. Yes. Okay, that is true. I'll give him that. The other part is fake news. But this, yeah. Him continuing going on this deep into the summer, yeah, it is yeah. shocking. Yeah. So, but then after this, <laughs> what time? What time you have one on Monday? I hope it's not like when we stream on Monday at nine o'clock. I, I always have, do for Loki. Well. I have moved my lives off of Monday. But if you if you choose to go live on a different day, you should check with me. All right, we're gonna we're gonna do real live shows Mondays and Fridays. So keep your fakeness. Off those days. Can you do that? <laughs> they don't, other than Christy Avery and Ron Milford, they don't know that it's fake. Yeah, they do. No. Yes, they do. No. They all know. It's not meant, you, you seem to think that live streams have to be interactive. That's a, that's half the fun of most of the of the live stuff. Now, if you are going for that older boomer that's used to just sitting there watching TV and yelling at it, yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be interactive. But you want that e-market demo? They want the interactivity. I do agree with you. I do agree with you on that. Yeah, so. But the reality is I can't do live streams at 9 p.m. I'm too old. Yeah, you are old. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm on Loki Wall and just a slight tad bit older. <laughs> yeah, but you are like a night creature. You're a tech guy, so you're up. I, I can't do it because I'm too old. But, but you don't count, even though you're older than me. He's, he's, he's a nerd, so his nerdness trumps his oldness. I, Nerds don't just stay up late and live stream. That's what you all do. Should we just keep calling my old skips now? <laughs> I do these, like, I don't, I don't do eight-hour sleeping. I do four hours up, four hours. I mean, I, it's, that's the way naturally our bodies are supposed to work. Yeah. We've been doing that since the late 1600s, okay? <laughs> Vampiric. All right, let's get into the actual show. Uh, you know, on, on, I timed it the other day. I recorded an episode with uh, somebody, and I was into the topic by second 45, okay. which is a far cry from the old days of We Are Libertarians where we would get into the subject at minute 45. Um, but uh, here on these wall episodes, there's an extra 20 minutes that you'll hear. We just turned on the mics and chit-chatted. They talked about all kinds of stuff I didn't quite understand. We talked about how great the show Wednesday is. Uh, we'll keep doing that. 
But uh, you can check that out if you join our Patreon. And we just thank everybody who is a Patreon member, um, including Reinhold. Thanks so much. And we want to thank our $100 a month patrons. You guys are very special. You are the ones that are the backbone of the We Are Libertarians podcast network and the Chris Spangle Show. Thank you to Reinhold, Christy Avery, Jason Doolittle, uh, Vince Heichel, Matthew Durbin, Lars Nordscott, and Jake Edel. And we also want to remind you, make sure you check out Iconic Insurance in the show notes. This episode is brought to you by Iconic Insurance. All right, so Elon Musk has purchased Twitter. Did you all hear that? Did you hear that? Right. What's that? What you can't Twitter? get away from is Elon it, Musk. Let's start with the news. Is Elon Musk becoming the new Donald Trump, where everybody has a reaction to other people's reaction? He breathes, and somebody goes, ah, and then somebody goes, ah, at their, ah. Well, con man's like a, you know, hang from an axe. It's about the same. Ooh, you're calling him a con man. Are you, are you a anti-Elon anti Musk fanboy, or are you anti-Elon Musk? Or are you pro-Elon Musk? I am a – I'm just calling it what it is and what I see, okay? All right. Let's see. What, let's hear it. No, see, like, I'm a long-time Elon Musk hater and stuff like that because, like, a lot of stuff he does is, like, it's, it's all fake. His money is – okay. Uh, kind of he did start steal out. most of his money from taxpayers. He did stole most of his money as taxpayers. PayPal is profitable after they kicked him out, Okay. Tesla produced and was doing stuff and got through the DOT regulations. Tesla just bought uh, uh, must just bought them after that. They're already making cars. They're already doing stuff. Right? Just like SpaceX. They were already doing stuff and just kind of came over and bought them some money. He didn't start them? No. He didn't start, he didn't start Tesla. He didn't start PayPal. He just jumped onto PayPal afterwards. He didn't start Tesla and SpaceX? No. 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 Somebody else did. And he's like, I'm also a founder. And then when they kicked the, the founders out, they sued him. Really? I had yeah. no idea. Go ahead, <laughs> right. Right. Even PayPal is, is like he founded PayPal. No, he didn't. He founded another company that was trying to do some similar thing. And then Peter Thiel. Yeah, they, and then, yeah Peter Thiel kind of merged with them. They bought it and bought them out. And they worked together for a while. Mm-hmm. And then they had a split and then went off to the other ways. So who started Tesla and SpaceX? I forget the guy's name, the people's names that did yeah, that. Yeah, talk right in the back. But, but, uh, but yeah, these people, like, the Tesla Roadster was created in house before Musk was on the scene. They went through all the R&D and gone through these DOT regulations to get their car on the road. And then Tesla was like, oh, cool, fine. You know, the idea, like, oh, he made uh, electric cars cool. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to pee real quick, but you guys keep going and talking about Elon Musk, and I'll, I'll keep listening and uh, enjoy this. A, a, a great example is if you want a, a deep dive into it, there's a YouTuber that did a whole video. It's like 20, like 40 minutes long going over the history of Elon Musk and the things that he's done up to the point before all this Twitter and he became like a socialite about all the things, all the, the companies that he said he founded and paid into, and they – he talks about the this the lawsuits of him of the founders suing him after he being kicked from Tesla and all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's also another YouTuber out there that uh, has gone through and broken down all of the completely the ways that all of like the Hyperloop and other uh, big projects that Musk has uh, championed uh, basically won't return any investment. Uh, are impossible or have critical flaws in their designs that will end up killing people if implemented. Uh, and that's 
probably a good hour or two of content uh, packaged in about four hours of repetition. But and did you hear? Did you hear the latest? Have you heard the latest about the implants? So he's been doing implants in monkeys, and he's wanting to move that into human trials in six months for the neural. However, ninety-eight percent of the of the monkeys who get the implants live. So. Oh, yeah, those, so, are, those are good. Yeah. I, I, I've not looked into that because I, as okay, a base. Okay, I'm back. So, it's a good point, Paul. Um, now, right, the so Neuralink thing is, the thing about Neuralink is, this is the mark of the beast shit. Why are, the, why are all the conservatives who are Musk fanboys going along with Neuralink? All right, great point. All right, Paul, continue. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, I've not looked into the Neuralink stuff. As a baseline, you should distrust headlines when it comes to science reporting and actually look at the data. I have no idea whether... I trust my gut. I go with my gut. Okay. I can't trust my gut. Well, yeah, that's... Oh, boy. When it um, comes to science, I trust podcasters and TikToks. Oh, so you must be a really love the time travelers on TikTok then. But... <laughs> Let me look that up. All, all, all right. Anyways, as a baseline, I don't know whether or not that is accurate, whether or not is the Neuralink killing the test subjects, or if they are culling uh, their test subjects at different stages. Or they committed suicide because they turned on low two wall. Uh, that's a vast improvement in day-to-day -day <laughs> life. I don't see why that would cause uh, well, first of all, that why are you giving the macaques uh, pistols? <laughs> like, thanks for bearing my podcast on your other show. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> the silk Thank you. Yeah. 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 The cross yeah. Yeah. We just need to get that T-shirt. Uh, like, well, I how libertarian are you? Well, I'm going to give pistols to the macaques at arms. By the way, I got the account of Spangle interrupting people when he told us not to talk. Uh, uh -huh. to seven already. So cool. Yeah. Thank you. We'll keep that. You're my son. I don't, even know who, I don't even know who you are. You haven't earned the right to shit on me. Yes, that's Harry right. has earned the right. Harry is the longest-serving co-host that has not rage quit yet. <laughs> we'll find out how quickly you say that intro. <laughs> first of the month. And if it's not in by the first of the month, then that month doesn't count. Uh, yeah, Reinhold is picking the cat hair off. <laughs> From the pre-show chatter, like, oh, you don't ever mute somebody else, and you don't ever walk out on a show. But apparently fist fights are okay for a long time. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of this show is, like, all the moments from all the past. You know, a lot of these new listeners don't understand the beauty and, and the insanity of the pre-2017, 2018, I'd say. That show was just, you know, heroin overdoses and fist fights and strippers, and it's not very Christian to be honest. Harry and I really tweeted about that in 2018. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe too much. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's too much. I think what we did was make sure the episodes and shows are more evergreen so they're okay yeah. to look back on. Yeah. Well, and just, you know, be respectful of people. Yeah. Less, yeah. less moronic. What about 60% with you there respecting other people's time? Because it's okay if you show up on my time. But anyway, so back to uh, Musk. Like, 20 minutes in, we're Musk warning. Musk a terrible person. Gone off track. Yeah, we have Elon Musk as a boring company. All right. Oh, I could bore Tuttle so much faster. This stupid Las Vegas Tuttle thing. Like, oh, he barely has made it faster. 
He's not even fast enough walking between the two places that uh, uh, for a stupid moon tunnel thing in the, in the ground where they're just Tesla cars on not even auto drive mode. They have to have a driver in there. They're just Teslas driving underground. And people are like, oh, this man's a genius. He's just revolutionized driving cars but underground. he's going to save free speech. No, he's but, not. But he has. Like, I just love the idea, like, oh, the board talking. We're going to build tunnels underground and then take a vehicle through the tunnels. Oh, you mean a subway? Yeah, subway. You mean a subway that works? <laughs> if we would have built the subway tunnel, it would have been a lot more economical and feasible. And he did make a mass market uh, firearm that shoots fire. Yes. Okay, now that that was good. That's good. Yeah, I, that's I'll go with that. Somebody on my Facebook feed has one, and I got so jealous. Uh, uh, okay, so I, I want to, yeah, because here's my thing with Musk. I didn't know any of what you guys were talking about. I didn't know any of that. Because I didn't really know him until he started buying Twitter. I had seen him on 60 Minutes once, and I thought he had started all this stuff and was like a genius. But um, <laughs> when, when he said, I'm going to save free speech and I'm going to do this for, I'm like, I'm guessing the, the problem of running Twitter is a lot more complex than I'm just going to let everybody back on and they can do whatever they want. Or else you end up with Gab because people leave and they don't want to be a part of it. But then he, when he um, was asked by Kim.com if Alex Jones would be back on, he made up that he was his child died in his arms, according to the ex-wife. She said he lied. Um, that he wasn't he wasn't going to let have them back on. And uh, I was like, okay, well, this is not a person that is convinced of the principles of free speech. He's going to do whatever he wants to do. And we've seen that at Tesla where he has, like, fired people who wrote blogs about him that he had lied. And, you know, he just kicked Kanye West off, which who really wants to hear what Kanye has to say except for a few people who every time Kanye says, I love Hitler, they bring up Ben Shapiro tweets and talk about how bad he is. That's a signal that this person's an anti-Semite. Yeah, um, big, big glaring red flag. But, yeah, I, I, what you all make of he is going to save free speech. Well, the problem with it, with his idea of what free speech is, is anything I don't care about should be able to be talked about. But anything that bothers me personally, uh, we got to get rid of it. Yeah. So that doesn't sound. That, that's not. That's the same. As the, that's the same impulse as the people that covered up the Hunter Biden story for no reason. It's just on your team, and so you're on their side as opposed to his side. Correct, yeah, right. Now, right now, he's just giving free speech to the other side. You just watch the winds being blown, like, okay, team, you know, blue is not as popular right now, and it, it's technically a rebel to be team red, so I'm going to support team red, you know, to take their money. That's all that is. That's all I see is, like, team red's got their money. They're the rebels. I'll take their money. Yeah. And so, yeah. I really look at it for the longest time, the, it was the whole – the blue side was like, oh, Elon Musk's amazing. He's going to save technology. He's the genius of geniuses. And then he's like, I say something you don't like. And then they're like, what? He's not a genius. He's an asshole. He's going to save the earth. I know. Oh, he's going to make these stupid-ass roof panels that have solar energy and he's going to be charging. It's so stupid. That's a stupid. It's not really how much you hate Elon Musk. No, we've had discussions years ago about he does not like Elon Musk. You have Elon Derangement Syndrome. That's what I've been told. Well, <laughs> and given his uh, past track record, uh, can we not be certain that uh, Elon is making a ploy to become a founding father? 
and of what? <laughs> because he's so focused on free speech, uh, he's obviously making a ploy to have himself put up on Rushmore. Uh, he's going to buy out the United States and kick the other founding fathers out. This just is like why, this is why I interrupt him. What it sounds like something you would do. And I'm pretty exactly. sure. I, I'm just surprised at how much you guys hate him. <laughs> no, you don't. It's, it's if you're, just if you're a tech, you guys are a tech person. You're more into the tech industry than I am. To me, it's more just general culture stuff of, of people bandwagon on things that they agree on at the, at the point in time. Right. Elon Musk at that time was. He was the, the, the liberal leftist that's going to save everybody and bring everybody together in, in some way, shape, and form. And the moment they said something they, they didn't agree with, he's the devil. And he, him buying Twitter is the worst thing yeah. that's ever happened ever. Yeah, it, it, which is exactly what happened. Exactly. He's not a person who has flaws and does good things and bad things. It's he's, I'm leaving Twitter. We're going to stop advertising. We're going to complete, you know, that's the stuff that I think drives the middle of the country crazy when the bandwagoning is, is exactly what you The companies like. who are taking their advertising off Twitter, there's reasons there behind that that are very yeah. valid. They Maybe. don't trust his, mod- his moderating tactics. It's going to happen. They're scared about it. They don't want their name attached to anything that's going to be on their feet, somebody's feed. You know, have an advertisement for their okay. stuff. The next line is famous announcement. They don't want to see right, that. but yeah, but the, the now we now we have, you know, there's studies by very partial institutes showing the like a 200 percent increase in anti-black sentiment, um, a rise in indicative statements. Right, that stuff was happening before too. What what I have a problem with is when somebody. I'm with the, the mic stand, which is why we really need to use a different mic stand because all I can do is figure this out. Um, so, but when you do it the day he buys Twitter, and he's literally, he's, it, within the first week, everybody just he immediately had, jumped off. No, remember the advertisers. He had a meeting with the advertisers, and the advertisers came out of that meeting saying, we don't know what's going on here because he, didn't make, he, he right. did not inspire confidence. So we're going to pull back temporarily. I don't think it's forever. They're going to pull back now and say, get your, get your act together. Let's see what your moderation looks like if we agree with it. But if it works, we'll jump right back in. Do, do you not believe, though, that there is some measure of anti-right bias in why these people do this? Exactly as Vincent it kind of laid out. That it depends on the team. There's a lot he, of, there's he, a chose lot of, a, he chose a team, and they said, no way. There's a, there's a lot of uh, celebrities that are leaving. And it's all because of right. the anti-right. Alyssa side. Milano. Yeah. Well, not, yeah, not just her, but there's a bunch of people that are going. And and I've seen them. I've seen them. You know, say this is my last post. This is it. You know, um, Drew Carey was a big event. But um, I'm just going to bring up the Alyssa Milano cell phone. Like, and I'm going to sell my Tesla because I hate the person that runs it. Goes to Volkswagen. And like, are you freaking thing made Volkswagen? Did you? And before you run to any other car manufacturer. Here's newsflash for you, Volkswagen owns a lot of other luxury brands. But it, but it's the same. It's it's been like that. I mean, there's 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 people like that that are uh, that are they're part of their motivation and, and thought is because of I mean, he's associating himself right now with the right. So they're going well. We want to, you know, we don't want that. And then, but when it's something else, when it, when Twitter was 
doing things that the right didn't like. They were doing the same thing. Right. So, I mean, it's just, you know, you hear fake news all the time. Everybody's like, well, that's fake news, that's fake news, that's fake news. Everything's fake news. Well, where do you get your news from? What source do you get your news from when you don't trust anything? I trust that NewsGuard certified websites only. It's NewsGuard. NewsGuard. It's a place like Microsoft. They uh, go through and uh, they verify websites and they give them ratings based off their journalism ethics. And what does ESG score? Uh, honestly, I think this biggest issue is, is that Twitter is so massive, and people like to bring it up as the end all, the be all, as something to talk about. It is the when, town square when nobody, like, when you look at in a in a overview, only eight percent of people use Twitter. Mm-hmm. Period. I, I thought it was one percent. No, no, yeah. the, the total number of people who have accounts, uh, assuming that everybody is active, is correct. It's eight percent of the population. Right. But everybody holds Twitter as this thing of, pay attention to me. Whatever I say matters. If you just ignore Twitter, all this stuff it, goes away. It is It is the – I think maybe we talked about this last time. Like, journalists use it, yep. and people who are in the media use it, and people who are in, the, in thought leadership positions use it. And so, therefore, there's an outsized amount of conversation around social media companies. But if you are sitting and talking to regular people, they're not on social media at near the volume that I am, for instance. I mean, Twitter got started because it was a fun way for people to say, hey, I'm doing something to blast out to other people. Right. And we come across as a text message. And it's a chat. It's a post chat. I'm going to be here. Let's all meet up. And they would say, oh, okay, cool. And then they would do that. And then what happened was uh, some, some mildly famous people, maybe a little bit more famous people, started getting on it. And people realize I can have a conversation with somebody that I like, somebody who I look up to, somebody who is a celebrity whose work I like. I can I can respond to them. I can have a conversation, and that drove more people to doing this. And that's where it, that started. And then, of course, once you start getting people, the people who want to drift off those people come in, and they start doing their thing. And that's yeah. when everything starts changing. And it's more of like a fire of the thing. One thing that you hate, uh, some things I hate about Facebook, but also what makes people stay there is the fact that you can curate your feed so you can make it as your feed is just your page. It's not the world. That's the big problem with Instagram right now is that it used to be more, Facebook kind of switched more towards brands because that's where they made money. And so people got on Instagram because you could see more of your friends and your family. Yep. And now Reels is taking over. People are seeing brands. They're seeing people that they don't know doing funny videos with Vine, but they're really there because they want to see their friends and family, the 150 people they follow, mm-hmm. as opposed to 150 people they follow plus all the crap that you're trying to shove down my throat. Right. Now, now, now I can this, hear you breathe. Now we have this whole influencer class of yeah. people, right? So these influencers, self-important people who think yeah. that, uh, because they have a lot of followers and they can say something and get it out to a lot of people, they are deservant of some sort of uh, praise or level, higher level of status and something else. Most of them are terrible, terrible people. I'm right here. And it's, it's incredible to watch as influencers who think they're better than anybody else. There's a, there's a whole thing where um, the, the sister of the guy who made Rick and Morty is an influencer. And she wanted to go to the studio for 20 minutes for free, and when the person said no, she proceeds, she proceeds to send, like, 
a small novel worth of complaints of, I was just trying to get you free press. I'm going to tell everybody I know never to use you ever. <laughs> and then she uses her, her account, her daughter's Instagram account to message her, emails her private email account, just, oh, because that's what they, that their brain is so focused on, I'm the most important person. Yep. In the world. So there's one there's one influencer on YouTube called Charlotte Dobro, which I like her. I think she's funny, and she's actually earned kind of the, the following she has. But what, one thing she likes to do is is go through, because she has a producer. The producer put together these lists of things for her to react to. And a, a lot of times it's influencers who have gone nuts, influencers who are being Karens, who are being you know self-right, or believe that they deserve things like it's, it's almost often that, where they're saying, hey, you know, uh, I want you to do all this work for free, but, you know, I'll, I'll cross-promote you, and that's mm-hmm. how you get business. And the people are like, no, I don't, you know, they're saying no to them because they don't, you know, trust that, rightfully so, and then those people's influence just, you know, kind of shit all over. Yeah. Can you please fix the chirp in the background? You have a 9-volt battery. Can we fix that? Fire. Look, this is your house. <laughs> There is a lot of equipment in here that is mine, and you plan to use it, right? Are you going to use this space before we lope you off? <laughs> Look, if, if I have to explain to you why the landlord could put up a freaking fire detector. Landlord. Landlord. Landlord detector. Twitter bus fashion. Are on Twitch, and and if you get away from these spaces, you know you. Um, I think it's a good thing that people are getting away from this. We are falling back into this 1990s AOL trap again, where people think the internet is just Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. They don't go outside TikTok. and TikTok. They don't go outside of these worlds. Um, that's where a lot of these uh, people are like, oh, I'm leaving Twitter, going to Mastodon, and where they're like, Holy smokes, the internet's out here. We thought these people were bad, heck no. Oh, yeah, that's the problem is that you, if you think Nick Quintez is bad, Ooh. Nick Quintez is bad. Yes, he is. He's Alex, Alex Jones is not good, okay? But they are not even close to what Harry probably, uh, uh, what Tad accesses, Tad Talk accesses on a daily basis. I don't even know what corner of the internet he's in, but he's all in on the uh, dark enlightenment stuff. If you think... 4chan is as dark as the internet gets to go. Oh, man, that is I hear on the top of the iceberg of crap, okay? It's sad. I mean, I've, I talk to people and they're like... Tells me the Russian story. What? Right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, if I want to go and look at, like, what these... Uh, I'm not going to call them conspiracy theorists, but, like, the people who who are like, oh, well, Kanye legitimately is talking about... Not, not the Hitler Jew part, right? But I'm talking about, like, the... Uh, you know, I'm being manipulated by my Hollywood people, and then I mention it to somebody on the right, and they're like, oh, yeah, his life coach was doing X, Y, and Z. And, like, how do people find that stuff out? Like, because to me, I, I'm very conventional. I go to conventional websites. But I don't know how, like, Tad comes up with the information. That, and I'm, I'm like, where do you go and look at this stuff? And then I go to, yeah, but then I go to, like, the random boards on 4chan, because I'm like, maybe he's going to 4chan, and it's just porn. It's all right, it's everywhere, and you have to curate and find where people are coming from and go to those different places. Um, I think one thing you do is uh, 
you can easily create a good, easy Python script just to go search the internet for this person's name, see where they're mentioned at. Mm-hmm. And you can pull yourself a good list. Like, I need this person's name. Go out and crawl the net. Find sites for this name. And you can't use Google for that. Google doesn't search the whole internet. Get a better search engine. Trust me, they're, they're out there. No, they, they've become markedly worse in the last year, especially. Yeah, that's why, like, I pulled my own. Thanks to Network Chuck. Uh, yeah, there's great series on how to roll your own search engine, which I've been using mine. I love it. Like, Twitter's search is broken. You can't you can search a tweet on Twitter. The best thing about it, you can set it to your own personal databases. So, like, when I use my search engine, I got to also search my company's, like, knowledge base at the exact same time. So it's like a, I just search for something. So I need to make a policy or something at work. If I'm looking for, like, a template, but it actually doesn't exist inside the knowledge base or somewhere inside the massive files at work. So it's just like Windows when you're going to start a new type of stuff. It looks for your local stuff and says to find it there. Yeah, yeah, but it searches like the knowledge base and the S3 right. bucket. You, you two can talk about this for a little bit. Um, I was trying to give them the best. Right. Yeah, no, so okay. back to things that people don't understand about Python. Um, There's also OSINT stuff. What is that? Open source intelligence. It's a really, really neat field, It's and which is a type, it's part of I, I guess my question is, like, when you say the Internet is bigger than these things, I don't know what you mean because, to me, the Internet is going to the New York Times website and to Facebook and to, like, most people, right? Like, it's traditional websites you can find in Google. What is the Internet today? It's it's the AOL button that you have on your, on your PC, right? right? And it gives you that small little window, right. curated stuff, blah, blah, blah. I really don't know how to answer that question because, like, my brain, when you say, like, <laughs> what the heck is the Internet? My first question is, big eye or little eye? I think our listeners understand, like, that there's, like, the Internet of Things and there's wired ca- connectivity and, like, there's, there's, like, infrastructure. But when you're talking about information, you know, and it's bigger than this, then I guess I'm, I guess I'm talking about big eye. Yeah, big eye, yeah. Basically, what I'm talking about is when you think about just like cloud servers, just like that, they're just servers that are out there and they're doing things out there. The unprofessionality. So it's like my, my do not disturb. I just wore out because it was only it was only set for an hour because we were supposed to be doing an hour show. Well, we we haven't even hit an hour yet. I know we haven't even started. Well, um, I'm talking about because uh, out there, there's tons of websites that most people have never heard of and doesn't get crawled and doesn't get picked up. And some people, like I've got sites that I refuse to let Google or some search engines even find my stuff. Yeah. I make it so they can't find my stuff. Yeah, so there's, there's a robot file that you can put in your website that yeah. says don't crawl. And then, and then there's, there's also, as part of the Internet, you have basically what you can search by name, domain names, things like that, DNS. But then there's also a whole slew of stuff that's out there that has no – it's all IP address based. Right. And, and you've got a thing called the dark web, you know, that people talk about. What's the dark web? Dark web is just sites that aren't indexed. They aren't in the search engine. And they do stuff free of attention only by the people who want to use those sites. They're not the, the scary, oh, my God, everything horrible is going to happen to us. Right. There are some sites like that. There's possibly things. But <laughs> – yeah. But sometimes these people just want to do stuff. They don't want other people staring at them while they do it. It's like I'm make I'm working on this thing, this project I want to get done, and I just don't want somebody to come in and go, "Oh, I like your project. I'm taking it." Yeah. So I'm just doing it in silence over here with the people that I want and to see. Like to most people, the internet is where you have to sign up for an account. It's not like right. the old GeoCities days, which I loved. Internet 1.0, where you could go and find 
a vast amount of knowledge with just going to different GeoCities websites or websites that had a lot of plain text and maybe a dancing gif. Which, if you like the GeoCities, if the internet to you was a GeoCities style or tripod, or not, not the AOL style where it's contained. That, that's the main reason why you like Facebook or Twitter, because it's the exact same thing. You have these nice little pages, and you just keep switching. I'm not talking about GeoCity specifically, but you know the style of, of website that I'm talking about, where it's just, it was people posting information that it was before Internet 2.0, where you had to have an account to access information, and it was just people writing, you know, whatever. You could look up any kind of topic, and you just, like, the, the blog role was very important because then you could kind of link to other places. It still exists. Mm-hmm. People still do that. Yeah, it's just everybody got sucked into these social media uh-huh. sites because that's where their friends were hanging out. They wanted to talk to their friends. And, and it's, we can definitely see that, that influence of the people that, are, that focus on that. When you look at them, they're trying to implement their tried implementations of Internet 3.0 and how it all was just, oh, we're just going to make it blockchain and put – NFTs, we don't really understand what NFTs are, and cryptocurrency, you don't really understand what cryptocurrency is, and people go broke because they've been, because this one influencer says, oh, dump all your money in pee-pee-poo-poo coin, and then you lose all your money because you, because you bought the, you bought the dip, and then they sold everything, and then you went broke. Yeah, that decentralization, moving on to our next topic, is really good for uh, freedom of speech because there's nobody controlling it. And uh, last night, Matt Taibbi, at the behest of Elon Musk, put out the Twitter file. Uh, what? I hated him. Uh, that was crazy. I held so many keys that they were weak. <laughs> All right. Let, let me explain what, what is going on first. So Matt Taibbi, who is a Rolling Stone journalist. Uh, has Former been, Rolling Stone journalist who was fired. Oh, of course, you have Taibbi derangement syndrome because he's like, he's one of these guys like Glenn Greenwald who he's, he's literally the wish.com version of Glenn Greenwald. He was on the Matt, web. Matt Taibbi is way better than Greenwald. No, no, he's not. It's way better than Greenwald. Has he read his stuff the last few years? He's terrible. Of course, table was smaller. I get high five. Yeah, he is the worst. All right, let me. Let me continue on with what the Twitter files are. So um, he gives Matt Taibbi, a journalist at Substack, taibbi.substack.com, if you'd like to go and read, um, author of several fantastic books like Hate Inc. and Griptopia. Um, but he has definitely tried to cater to a more right-leaning audience and has become like one of those guys who is, I'm, I'm a leftist, but I uh, am all in on the right side. Ah, so he read his own book, Cryptopia, and just used that. <laughs> and kept moving forward. Uh, I, don't, I don't think he's a journalist. Uh, I, I don't get that think, What I think is going on, I mean, just to, to He's not Dave Rubin. I just want to break his down. <laughs> so, Dave Rubin is a piece of garbage. Yeah. So no, he, he's like, he's like the, the Glenn Greenwald and, and Cancel, where they were in their area, they were doing well, and they had some success. And then they couldn't recreate that success again. They started falling off. They started falling out of favor. Glenn Greenwald had the, the Snowden stuff, and he got real popular, and he tried to do his thing and had some influence, and then people started listening to him or caring about him, and he couldn't stand it. The same with Matt Davey. He wrote a couple good books that were really in, great to read, and they had a lot of good information on it. And then he couldn't recreate that juice. So they saw an avenue to say, okay, we're going to flip over here and grab these people because there's power 
Republicans being from the other side telling speaking to the truth of it. Right? I, I don't I don't agree with you because I've read a lot of Matt Taibbi over the last few years, and Glenn Greenwald too. I think have genuinely had like they see things differently, sort of like an Andrew Sullivan. I think comparing them to Candace Owens is completely unfair because I think she says everything. She doesn't know what she believes. She's like Dinesh D'Souza, who may have at one point had principles, but then tried to play the game. Frank Tucker did the same thing. Right. But, so uh, Matt Taibbi puts out this long thread where he was given by presumably Elon Musk access to all of the Twitter emails. I'm going to mute everybody's mic because everybody is very aggressive today. So just if you all would kind of lean back from the microphone, that would be great. Um, but, uh, that you know, the, we're still working out the kinks, so we're trying to get all the uh, the tech set up. My noise gate strip worked. Everybody else's didn't, so just please be patient with the sound quality. As we uh, recreate our setup that we had for ten years, five years, and then broke it all down and are putting it back together. But So Matt Tavey gets the emails from Twitter and goes through a couple different segments. Like So, so there's two different distinct things. Um, the first is that uh, slowly over time, he writes, the staff and executives began to find, find more and more uses for tools to um, control speech that were designed to combat. So basically they took, and we've talked about this on the show, there was a pivot around 2018, 2019, but specifically after Alex Jones was decidedly banned on 12 different platforms in a single day, that these moderation tools were, they were used for hackers and sex workers and conspiracy theorists of the most extreme kind or racists. And then at some point, these all these major platforms, because of quote-unquote brand safety, a.k.a. I don't want my uh, tied advertisements next to a conservative's uh, rants about Joe Biden. Um, and the, these companies started using their tools for moderation to get rid of illegal things for speech. And then by 2020, these companies started being approached by outsiders, specifically from the government, which is where we find it from in general. It's a, it's a, it's a episode that we, I think it's out or it will be released. I don't think it's out. It's with Leslie Corbley where we talk about jawboning and the concept of jawboning and how these companies would, uh, during COVID especially, get text messages from the CDC or the White House, the official White House administration, right, not just the campaigns, and would mark things as misinformation, or they would send them a video and say, this particular meme or this particular video is harmful to the public. You need to take this down. And there's an implied threat. Gangsters are very good at plausible deniability, so they're never going to do something directly. But, you know, if you could do something about this, this would be great. But an official action, like an executive order, take this down, would be ruled out by the First Amendment. So what they've done is they've used their soft power, their bully pulpit, to start to influence a lot of these companies. And that is called jawboning. And so, to be fair, he has a few examples of uh, the Trump campaign asking for things to be taken down. But mostly the Biden campaign was reaching out. They even, like, asked to have uh, a James Woods, the actor that has turned into a right-wing guy, 
uh, one of his tweets taken down. And, um, you know, more to review for the Biden team, one email says. And then the person wrote, handled these, taking them down. The DNC would ask for things to be taken down. I just want to point out that specific tweet that, or that email that you're talking about. Have you looked at those tweets? No. Do you know what they are? What are they? They are Hunter Biden dictates. Okay. Interesting. All right. So let me finish. Uh, so the the next piece is the Hunter Biden stuff. So Mark Zuckerberg said on Joe Rogan that they decided to take down the New York Post article of the Hunter Biden laptop, the laptop from Hell Stories. And all of these different companies decided that this was misinformation, that they, they, they took the word from the government on it and said that this was a, mis a piece of misinformation and that this story needed to be scrubbed from the Internet and completely demoted from their, from their system. Now, when you read through these emails, they're wanting to take it down and then finding a reason to explain why it was taken down. And it's very clear from their lawyers and other people involved that they knew that their reasoning was not sound and it was not a slam dunk and that they were largely doing it for political purposes. So, um, the this, uh, this is being taken as, oh, it's a nothing burger from anybody that is uh, left of center and everybody right of center is taking this as the greatest scandal of all time. But I think it just kind of confirms what we always knew, which is that a lot of these companies are uh, leaning into taking down speech as opposed to letting there be speech. I think we can all agree and have agreed and talk at nauseum about what are the shapes of speech. People do at these private companies want some gating. They do want some discernment. They do not want to see Hunter Biden dick. They don't want to see porn uh, blasted into their feed unless they are like Harry and directly go to that and subscribe to that. I go horny on pain, so I'm fine. All right. So, but I do not. And so I don't want to uh, be exposed to the kind of content that Harry might choose. I want to be able to have a little bit of control over what I see. Correct. That, that becomes much, uh, much harder once you get into politics where you go, everybody who believes that the COVID vaccine is causing myocarditis in kids, uh, specifically young men 18 to 39, well, that's a conspiracy theory, and then we've seen later on that it, it, it's, it's not a conspiracy theory. There's several thousand kids that, that had issues. Um, that's where the, the debate has started. So that is kind of the, the rough translation of what Matt Taibbi said. You can go read it for yourself, um, but everybody's talking about it. So, Harry, your thoughts first. Oh, yeah, because you're right, because some people want some gatekeeping. Everybody wants some gatekeeping, and you and not and nobody really is a free speech absolutist. No matter how much they're like, oh, I'm a free speech absolutist. No, no, you're not. Trust me, you're not. Go out on the Internet. You will find stuff like, this should be taken. Out. Oh, right, there's no your free speech absolutist. Trust me, you will have a line. There's a line that exists of people out there who will find it. Um, Kanye West <laughs> found Alex Jones' line. <laughs> 
Yeah, we'll we'll sure. talk about that next, but continue. Yeah, I'm sure he didn't think he had a line. <laughs> he didn't think he had a line until he's like, oh, oh okay, we'll talk about that later. I want my grandfather. <laughs> Well, the meme that says basically, uh, what are you doing? You know, I owe uh, basically the uh, GDP of several small nations now. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the uh, let's talk about how it shows later because we'll, we'll finish yeah. with that, but it was so funny. You, anything, anybody else want to weigh in? Like, what were your impressions of this? Go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, so really what we found out last night was what they had already admitted to a year ago, that they had the issue come in. They mishandled it, and they were, you know, it was wrong for them to do it. They, they yeah. admitted that in Jack Dorsey admitted it a year ago. So that's what we found out. Uh, but what we got, what we did get last night is a lot of um, try, trying to trying to make a story out of the the information that's being presented, right? So it's like here's some data, and here's things you should know about it, but not all those things that he said you should know about it found out to be actually accurate because as happens with most stories you have this sensational thing that comes out and the next day people are come, coming around looking at it and going hey wait a minute so one of the things that was stated in the thread was that uh, well the government had not said there was anything to worry about on the story and there's several people who were posting I was in the room when we had the meeting with the law enforcement where they were saying this is suspected uh, Russian interference Right, but why take the government's word for it? That's the entire shape of the argument that right. I have a problem with. Well, right. the thing is, is that <laughs> they saw what happened in 2016, which is another thing that got switched around last night, because I was reading Tucker Carlson's op-ed about this, which was oh. amazing fiction. I don't know what universe he lives in. But send that to me, send that to me. <laughs> send it. And it, it says, but he's saying basically that they, did, they didn't want to have what happened in 2016 happen again, meaning they didn't want Donald Trump to win. And that's right. not what they're saying. They were saying they didn't want to have Russian interference and bots and, and things going on. Now, personally, I think free speech is free speech, and everybody has it, so there's no reason why we should be blocking Russians from saying what they want to say. But private companies do have the right to say they don't want to have that stuff on their platform. You don't have a right to broadcast speech. You have a right to have your speech, but you don't have a right to have somebody else be forced to allow it to go as but theirs. You are a, okay, you're a private company, but you're also a shareholder company, and you have safety plans and terms of service and all these agreements. And what these emails show is that they didn't follow their own rules. They That's didn't. what pisses people off. And the other thing that we talked about last time, you said when you were saying that I was wrong. Yeah, which I'm right. I end up being right, and you don't realize what you're saying with that. Because what you're saying is, in this case, they didn't follow all of those rules that helps them try to be biased, unbiased. Their own words are saying that they're right, that which they're infers the fact that they most often do try to be right. They do try to follow the rules. They have been in place for a reason. They're trying to be there. Harry, this is why Dennis or Reinhold is wrong. Okay, Reinhold is like when you when you argue with him, he's like the I don't see why anti-Semitism is a big deal guy. <laughs> <laughs> what? I, I don't. I don't understand what the problem is here. To be fair, uh, Reinhold does have his balaclava on right now. Like he's got this Yuhu boom bottle. You know, I don't know why you can't just ask these questions. I don't know how to explain to you what 
Yeah. 99% of people look at this and go, yeah, Rope Hana's writing in going, yeah, I don't think this is a good I, idea. And you're like, not, I don't see the big deal. No, no, no. I don't see it as being, I'm not saying it's not a problem. I'm not saying it's something we should be fighting against. What I'm saying is, is that it's not. It's not free speech issue. It's a this is not what we want the platform to be like issue. We want to be able to say this stuff without having it be blocked from other people unnecessarily. But it's not because of free speech. It's because that's what we want this to be like, right? So when you start saying free speech, you do get people who are insane on the right saying, well, we should be putting these people in jail for violating free speech. Where's the indictments? Where's the, you know, let's get Biden out of there. Let's get him impeached. All this stuff because it's not a right that's being violated. Saying it's, that Bob Sexton said he ought to be Biden ought to be impeached over this because this is just right. Right. Yeah. It, It's just it's just we what we want our spaces like Twitter to allow for as much open speech as possible, with the ability to block who you want to block, but also to have some limitations on what's going to be there that you might run into. So we expect there to be moderation. We expect that moderation to be unbiased. And we expect that moderation to be effective. And, and the biggest thing with it is you have to tell us what the rules are. These companies aren't telling anybody what the rules are, so everybody's freaking out because something happens. They don't know why this is getting blocked. It was that obvious that, to, to your point, it was obvious at the time that when the New York Post, which is an accredited media outlet, whether you like their bias or not, they, they, they are, are – do you start certified? Mm-hmm. All right. So the New York Post is an actual newspaper, uh, even though they, they lean right or they lean clickbaity is maybe the word, the better word for it, like a Daily Mail. Mail. Right. So like a Daily Mail article, you really need to like read it closely. But the New York, you know, same with the New York Times, right? So, but the New York Post posts this, and the reality is that it was, it, it turned out to be true, but it's not necessarily. No, it's not technically true either. Quiet. It's, it's, it is. This is the this is the reality, folks. Welcome to it. Um, but the point is, is that everybody at the time knew that this was a little off, that this was out of bounds, that they had censored something that was like I'm saying you're right, Dennis, in, in, in that it seemed remarkable at the time, and it is still rem- you know remarkable as opposed to just sort of rote like. Yeah. Every every time somebody gets censored, for, like the Babylon Bee gets censored for a joke or whatever, everybody sort of talks about how crazy that is, and that people grab onto the peaks as opposed to realizing the rote. It's like if, if, have you watched Love Actually, the Christmas movie, you know, and it starts off with people hugging in the airport, and they're like, "I think love is very common." You always hear about how love goes wrong. But in reality, love happens every day in the, in the millions, and then you only hear about the one or two bad things. And so it's like a, a, a thing of degree. So, go ahead. Uh, one, you need a humidifier for the studio. Two, <laughs> very dry in here. <laughs> but, no, it's, it's also accident. I think the weird thing is happening is that it happened everywhere with the story that not only did Twitter happen, it happened in, um, on Facebook as well, or Meta. Meta companies like trying to share Fox it. News wouldn't put it out. Right. And Fox News also wouldn't put it out. Because it was sucks. Yeah, it was. It was. We didn't, talk, we didn't talk about it for that reason. Right. We, I never posted about it for that reason because yeah. it was like this feels like one of those let's wait and see what happens well, the as opposed to let's just run with it as evidence of a larger yeah. conspiracy. And the problem I had with it was at the time when the New York Post puts the thing out and people so say, oh, really? Show us the evidence that this, this is happening. Give us the data. 
Rudy Giuliani's out there printing on eight by ten pieces of paper screenshots that he's taking of data. And it's like, that proves nothing. Yes, yeah, true. They gave it to the wrong person. Rudy should have gave it up to somebody else. And a chain of, of, of integrity on that, on that data, if, even if, you know, they said that there's a belief that there's a, a snapshot of that data that was actually from the, from the laptop without anybody touching it. But everything, there's so many different snapshots out there. They found one that's got like uh, 20 gig of data that's been added on there, talking about Burisma, talking about this, talking about all these other conspiracy theories thrown in there. There's uh, all the all the evidence of what dates things were, were put in or deleted or anything. They have all been scrubbed off of it, deleted off of it, which is suspicious. You know, all this stuff has been happening. So this, there's no way to tell, even if this was, you know, if there was something in there that was going to be used as evidence, yeah, you can't trust it now. It's trusted because when he should have got it, he should have got yeah, still no. it. Now, the theory is, is that the FBI has a copy of it from the day it came in. They're not, they didn't do anything about it. It was Trump that was running the FBI at the time. They didn't do anything with it. But, yeah, it, it, it's, it's weird. It, right now, like, the, the, the laptop story is, 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 is mostly big because of the, the censorship that did happen from the story. didn't get people to talk and discuss Talk more to the mic. Um, the other thing with it is, unbeknownst to most people, like, the, the government asks if, you're, if, you're, if you have a server inside the United States, the government is constantly talking to these companies, AWS, DigitalOcean, if it's runs in this, the U.S. has the ability to go inside these servers and pull off and ask for any of this information they want from them. They don't have to fill out a warrant. They can just get the information off of it. If you don't believe me, yeah, go ahead, search for it, your favorite search engine, and it, you can find that they do this, and they do it routinely. Um, so this, this relationship between big tech and government is there uh, for, uh, because of the Patriot Act. Or, or simple just access. Human beings wanting access to parties and events yes. and stuff like that. Uh, so uh, if I, I I help you out with this thing, you're going to let me go to this party, this event, or let me talk to somebody else. Paul, what do you think? Honestly, All right, so what I was thinking is that they're finally treating these companies like traditional companies in the yeah. exact same way that you're talking about. Where they are. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, people are upset with uh, Elon Musk buying Twitter, but, like, perfectly fine for Can years. Can you please not interrupt me? I'm not with, with, uh, <laughs> with Jeff Bezos buying Washington Post. And then still be like, well, why call him, like, Washington Post is owned by Jeff Bezos. I already bought with one billionaire, which the bill, this billionaire is actively taking over the world right now. This, this Jeff Bezos take, taking over the world tour that no one cares about. But like, oh, Elon Musk is like, he's bad, but Jeff Bezos is worse. And so, like, he's a billionaire, he's making a shadow. Right. Did you see, like, he's got his bald head all built now, and he's cackling with those robot arms? He's so stupid. Yeah. All right. So, what tech enjoyed, especially these social media companies, enjoyed, like, a, a golden boy effect where they got left alone. But then what you see in these emails is how most major corporations are treated like, hey, because they hire – people that work in the government, so they all can get access, but then they also, you know, it's a give and take at major corporations between government agencies and these major corporations. So, Paul, do you have any actual thoughts? Thank you. 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 Thank you.
really helped us out on that change a couple months ago. Thank you, buddy. What I find interesting, though, is that people are, are, are realizing this and going, oh, my God, this is happening. It's been happening for centuries. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is nothing new. It, it's just the way things work. I mean, we're talking human beings running systems. Human beings are human beings. They're biased. They're flawed. And they're going to do things in their own interest. And that's just the way things kind of have to be. Now, I think with the rise of journalism uh, and the idea of journalism that happened about, you know, 60, 80 years ago where people started really trying to get rid of the, the red journalism stuff, the bad stuff that was out there, they, they, tried, they tried to do something good. They put guardrails up. They tried to put controls in place. But that didn't last long. It went off the rails not too long after that. Right. Sorry, my brain went up uh, hearing the Reinhold say Germanism. The Germanism. I'm just like, we're Reinhold. That's a good segue to our final topic of today, which is Alex Jones. Uh, those of you, did you guys watch it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Twice. Watched it twice. I, I'm, I'm, I got through the first hour. It's basically the way to describe it, if you have not heard it, is Alex Jones on Joe Rogan, but with another Alex Jones. <laughs> uh, it's, and I, I watched, I, I listened to it, and then I watched him on Tucker a month ago. I watched about five minutes of him on Tucker. And I have to say, the deterioration between then and now is significant. I don't know about that because Tucker, they deleted so much of that interview. Yes. Okay. Um, I, I wondered if they had maybe edited it and we got uh, Kanye edited because the way he comes across on Tucker one month ago is very controlled and very, you know, he's sort of having a conversation like this, and here's how I felt about that at the time. But then when he was on, you know, let me see if I can pull up the, the which, videos that I played. Which one? Like, when he was on the, uh, uh, the beanie cast on Tim Cast, IRL. Uh, yeah, what, what <laughs> happened there? Was he wearing a beanie on his face? Not on Tim Cast. He was not wearing the balaclava on Tim, no, no. I, I forgot to bring – I was going to bring one of my uh, things and have it on my face and start the show. I, I, the Hitler thing is bad, but as a broadcaster, going on a radio show and wearing something over your face, I was like, take the mask off. This is bad radio. Let me just stay here. Oh, yeah. Let me just speak your phone. Let me just stay The phrase, the Hitler thing was bad, but is the worst thing you could possibly say. The Hitler thing was right is the worst thing you could say, which I don't agree with. But yeah. Spangle, you missed the point. He was taking the mask off. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So let's listen uh, to a few of these. Let's listen to a few clips from the speakerphone into this. So this is Kanye talking about ADL and the uh, the uh, what uh, the ADL stands for. Information League. Yeah, which is a pro-Jewish, anti-anti-Semitism group. Like an 
invented anti-Semitism was certainly uh, a reach. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole, like, uh, to give uh, Alex Jones some credit uh, before we get into that, um, back into the, uh, so another coin in the Alex Jones was right at argument before we moved on to the bully list, but I want to bring this out, is that Alex Jones predicted that the Patriot Act and all the stuff and the government working with that will come back and get to everybody else in the government. So, ha-ha, Alex Jones is right, another coin in the jar. Anyways, but this thing with um, him on TimCast, they apparently, um, they were discussing about other different things. They were trying to talk about the dinner, which kicked off a lot of that news cycle, too, of uh, he and um, Nick Fuentes um, having dinner at Mar-a-Lago with Donald Trump. Well, I remember seeing the, like, the echoing of this thing. Okay, something's wrong. Something feels up with this thing. Because when I first read the article of it, was like, did I believe this dinner happened? Yeah, but I hated the article of saying, like, well, sources closely said this happened. No, 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 no. Who was also at this dinner? No, no, no. You had dinner with Nick Fuentes or you were there. You do not get to remain anonymous. You were there. Yeah. Who are you? So a lot of that has come out. NBC News put out an article where basically here's how the whole dinner with Trump thing happened. Milo Yiannopoulos, in my opinion, is manipulating Kanye West. He, or yay. Um, I don't want to dead name him. Um, but, uh, so Milo knew, found out that he was going, he, he uh, helped arrange it, I believe, through an InfoWars producer. And uh, also uh, Katie, somebody who worked on the Trump campaign. And that's how it kind of all came together was Milo was the, the nexus. And he was like, hey, you should take my friend Nick. So, obviously, Kanye knows who Nick Fuentes is. And brought him along, but they they showed up and they got in with the help of this former Trump staffer who had forgotten her ID, but they let her in because she had a credit card with her name on it, which is great security, guys. This whole episode shows why Donald Trump shouldn't have nuclear secrets in his closet. Um, but why? Like the, most of the DC security is this threat. <laughs> so, anyways, what? No, no, no. People have gotten up to the to the White House several different times, just walked through the back door under Obama. It's, it's a little better. It's a little better than the screening process that allows Nick Fuentes to get close to a presidential candidate and oh, have yeah. dinner with him. Yeah. That like the the people that are around him right now, which is what Nick went to tell him. So Milo Yiannopoulos is like a lot of these Trump people who feel that I helped make you and you were nowhere to be found when I got in trouble and now I'm spiteful. He's if you watch Lauren Southern's video, he's a very spiteful, horrible person. Keeps blackmail on everybody. Laura Loomer and Milo Yiannopoulos are in a fight with each other. He's, you know, she's releasing information. Milo keeps tweeting out that Kanye West is gay. Uh, then the uh, Laura Loomer, he responds with, here's my hard drive of all the blackmail that I have on everybody with all the emails on how great you use it. Uh, and so he said that he sent Nick Fuentes to dinner with Trump so Trump could hear how his base perceives him which is a telling tell that Trump's base is Nick Fuentes. And they, um, the, um, uh, and Milo knew that this would be very bad for Trump. And this was kind of the thing that I think was, uh, we talked about last time we were here, how many people don't, aren't going to support Trump on the right. And this just was a big nail in the coffin. There was an interesting tell in this, is that he used to be able to change the news cycle. And so he goes out and gives a speech a couple days after all the Fuentes stuff and says, yeah, I stole the documents. 
and nobody, it got reported, but nobody talked about it. No one cared. He wasn't able to change the news cycle, which is an important tell. This is considered basically the uh, Republican off-ramp, this event. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Finally, because they have, they have somebody else, but they've had so many different options and chances to do this, and they never, never did it. Um, but, uh, you know, Nick Quintes is a particularly despicable human being. Uh, a fellow traveler with uh, and, and, a, and a guest on several other big libertarian podcasts, and it's going to be a real problem for people like Dave Smith if they want to run for president, because you could kind of get away with it before because nobody really knew who Nick Quintes was, but now everybody knows who Nick Quintes was, and you've got some stuff on tape that you don't want out there. I played this on the pat down for Miss Pat, and she had a, an interesting point that I'll make after we listen to Nick Quintess's voice. For allowing women to go out into the society and lie and bear false witness and cast spells and worship minerals and rocks, and women are out there naked and they're killing babies and they're getting to be 300 pounds and they get in your face, and we can't do anything about it. You can't hit these people. You can't punch them. You can't, they don't arrest them. And basically, they're taking over the culture on social media. I said, what happened to the good old days a thousand years ago when people like this, instead of arguing them or saying, hey, listen, darling, everything's okay, they would dunk them in the river or burn them alive. I said, this is, this is the kind of thing that we need to see more of, is burning them alive a little, a little bit more. Taking women like this, and instead of, uh, you know, hiring a lawyer for all this money and we're going to sue him for defamation, how about we, we go to the constable or whatever, we go to the, uh, the police officer, the soldier stationed in the village, and say, hey, um, we got to burn her alive. You know, hey, th- this woman is worshiping rocks. She's bearing false witness. She's, she's lying about men. And basically, we need to capture her and, and uh, throw her in the lake or set her on fire. I feel like that would be more appropriate. And everybody freaked out. And this was all over Twitter. And everybody said, oh, this is horrible. Is this guy for real? Uh, yeah, I'm for real. To have a civilization, you need to have class. Okay? When I say class, I mean classes. You need to have commoners and aristocrats and kings. And we don't have that anymore. Uh, there, there is no, there's no semblance of that. There's no semblance of society, meaning like clubs and people knowing each other and this sort of large amounts of social capital being invested in particular kinds of things. It's not there. It's not there in the universities. It's not in the designer brands, not in the industry, in industry. It doesn't exist anymore. We've just got this big N-word free-for-all. It's a big end up Enrified, jified, free for all. We live in Africa with more stuff, okay? We live in Africa or Mexico with more stuff. We live in a big Middle Eastern bazaar. We're a big fucking Middle Eastern bazaar with people sitting on blankets and selling cockroaches on sticks and rugs. Said the N word. But he didn't 
he cleaned it up because he knows he shouldn't be saying that, and he's just basically an opportunist, which I thought was a great point. Well, he's a coward. Yes. At his core, he is an absolute coward, and the fact that people look to him as some sort of leader astonishes me. Right. No, I think he's probably racist. I think he just didn't want to say it because, uh, you know, just because you want to say that word, um, you are also free to kick the fucking happy It could be that he, he thought if he said it, then it would get filtered out from the, uh, the tools. Yeah. So he had to do that in order to get him. Correct. Well, I've got Correct. a video yeah. here of him saying that black people are inherently violent because they struggle with impulse control. He defends Hitler as a German statesman. Well, that Lou Rockwell or is that Lou right. uh, around Lou the Holocaust? Oh, oh. There were also Holocaust. So let's listen to this clip. Hitler was a German statesman, and uh, what was there? Was there concentration camps? Were there death camps? I think so. I think there were. I think there were death camps. I do. Um, but there were also death camps against the Germans, and there were there were lots of camps. There were camps everywhere. We were in a global war. We had Japanese internment camps. There were lots of camps. There were lots of atrocities going on. But Hitler was the most uniquely evil guy in the world. And we get these cartoonish depictions of electric floors and mattresses made out of human hair and uh, lampshades made out of lips. And, and we created this um, completely like, cartoonish, nonsensical narrative. And then that, that's, the, that's the standard. That's the myth. That's the narrative that, that defines all of our politics now. Let's just call them proletariat, uh, are in this class struggle 
with, let's say, uh, Burj Lightning, because that's a fun name, right? So that's just a fun thing that these people are really buying into, while at the same time being very anti-Muslim. My other issue is, why do we care what he has to say? And, and, and I know, I know that, that that's a that's a cultural, societal issue. I don't care. I think what he's saying is stupid, and, and why are we platforming him for saying something that is obviously wrong, that is obviously trying to because rile up people? To a lot of people, it's not obviously wrong. There are a lot of people who are confused and are are lost, they're, they're upset about I, I had a friend of mine when I was, you know, in my 20s who was just like, um, he'd been robbed three times, and by all three times it was by a black man. And he was just like, oh, you know, he'd start saying those people and this sort of thing. And he's, he, he was drawn into that mindset. And if you let people like that just go and not counter it, then they start thinking, well, this is, this, this makes sense. This, 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 this confirms my biases. And people love to have their biases confirmed. Let's listen to a little more Nick Fuentes and ask ourselves, why are libertarian podcasters promoting this person? Abortion's popular. Sodomy's popular. You know, being gay is popular. Being a feminist is popular. Sex out of wedlock is popular. Contraceptives are That's all popular. That's all. That's not to say it's good. That's not to say I like that. Popular means the people support it, which they do. And, uh... And it sucks, and it is what it is, but that's why we need uh, dictatorship. <laughs> that's unironically why we need to get rid of all that. We need to take control of the media or take control of the government and force the people to believe what we believe. Here's the pathway. We have one more election where white people can make the decision. The white people got to make the right decision, and then Trump's got to get in there and never leave. That, to me, at this point, is a pathway. It's time to shut up, elect Trump one more time, and then... Stop having elections. We have got to talk about the fundamentals of our worldview and what it would look like to build a society based on our distinct worldview. It looks like a society where women don't have the right to vote. And it looks like a society where boys and girls get married as teenagers and start having kids and they don't use birth control and they don't use contraceptives and they have big families and a high birth rate. And it looks like Women wearing veils at church. And it looks like women not being in the workforce. Banning gay marriage is back on the menu. Banning sodomy is back on the menu. Banning contraceptives is back on the menu. And basically, we're having something like Taliban rule in America, in a good way. We're having something like a Catholic Taliban rule in America. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Because I'm sure 
you know, people will understand and uh, participation, participation and donation will show that the point's really going on. But uh, <laughs> I think the, the, the one thing, good thing to talk about is, is like what Glenn said, there's a lot of people who, one, needs to understand that it is wrong and that there is no mistake. Two, SEO, um, you need it in the SEO. It's really, it's really hot right now. That's what gets the clicks, and what people yeah. want to talk about. But I don't understand why a celebrity says something ridiculous, and people are like, "Well, I want to." Well, we have to put him on seven different, seven different platforms and try to sell, tell him that he's wrong. And all he does is get to double down and triple down and say his exact same points over and but over and over. So that's the best thing about it, you because. You platform this person so they can talk, and then other people are talking. You find out, especially through your friend group, if there's somebody like, well, he's not that bad. Like the week prior, even in our little small chat room, someone was like trying to, like, well, Kanye really meant this. He really meant this. He really meant this. He really meant this. And then right. this is he how he happened. Doing that, so Alex Jones and Cool and Lex Friedman—they all did their best. But Alex kept trying to lead him on a better path, and would try to soften it and try to give him out. And every single time, Kanye would take it and go, "I like Hitler," you know. And this goes back. This goes back years where there have been people talking about Kanye saying nice things about Hitler since 2018. Uh, There's, I mean, at, at some point, it's not a mental breakdown. I think. A person who it, – it's, it's so many – there's so much of an impulse to take people's agency away from them and uh, say that this is – he's just being racist because of mental illness. Like that, that basketball announcer who ha- said, oh, I was just racist during the uh, play-by-play because of my diabetes. You're not going to become more racist because of your mental illness. You're right. going to have less ability to control saying exactly what you think. 
And so don't blame this on the mental illness. He's clearly having an episode of some sort. But he he is saying exactly what he thinks, and he's being super clear. And you don't have to make excuses for it. I mean, but I'm, I'm amazed at how many people, what did Kanye say that was wrong? I didn't realize how many anti-Semitic people I had in my personal circles, in my in my public Facebook groups, you know, it's, and they always end up going, well, here's the real enemy, and it's a picture of, like, Ben Shapiro. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it kind of, like, it shocks the, your system to find these people that are around you this way. That's why I say, like, it, 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 it's a good just barometer of what people are willing to accept and yeah. let go. Well, do you remember, you know, George Bush hates black people. I mean, it's, 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 it's not Taylor new. Yeah. 2013, interrupting Taylor Swift's speech. He's always been this yeah. way. And the reason, so I think one of the reasons that libertarians and conservatives sort of eat this stuff up is that they really love things that are transgressive. And even if they aren't racist, they'll go along with racist jokes or racist tropes or racist bullshit because it's, it's, um, Transgressive. It's a slap in the face to the progressives is where they're really yeah. I'm going to say this thing that – so here's the zeitgeist, the culture, and I'm going to be countercultural by being this way. And libertarians love to, you know, instinctually kind of like to see the man get punched in the face. But I've just been around – so I was in these brutalist groups in 2015 where everybody would make Jew jokes. And they'd be like, I'm just joking. Why are you getting bent out of shape? And then now they're openly anti-Semitic, saying terrible things. Like, it's just sort of not um, – it's not a joke. They're just trying to get away with it by just joking. Yeah. Uh, they and need to push the boundaries, see where they go. If they get pushed back, take them back. Get pushed back, take them back. And they yeah. push a little further. And that's a joke. And that's how they push. They think that they're pushing society into their direction and soon – Everybody's going to be, like Nick Fuente said, wanting to have the type of society that we had 200 years ago. That didn't yeah. really exist 200 years ago, but they believe it did. It's the mythical golden age. Yeah, age. so don't Correct. let yourself fall into that impulse of loving the transgressive and end up in a place where you believe collectivist terrible things. Because racism and bigotry, like statism, only in one place, in the systematic destruction of human beings. And we could all say this together. Bigotry is Republican. Yes. Yes. Write it down. Put it in bylaws. Here. <laughs> put it in the bylaws. Yes, please put it in the bylaws. That belongs in the platform. Just put it. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. All right. Uh, let's start wrapping it up, Harry. Go ahead. Oh, okay. We're wrapping it up? Yeah. Well, um, well, I will tell you this. When it comes to everything, I think the best thing you could probably do um, if you really bad at Elon like I am or Take the other things you want to experience the internet. Understand like the open source network and stuff that are out there. You do not have to spin up your own Mastodon server to get on Mastodon. You can just join a Mastodon and toot out, toot, toot around. Um, because like, and the network also needs help. So also with it, with also the free and open source stuff that are out there, is in the season of giving. If you use something that's open source, give them a dollar. Give even to your favorite creator. It, it's not us. You know, gifts, it, it's a huge benefit to every open source project that's out there just to give them a dollar. If you use OBS, give them a buck. You know, use an Ubuntu, Papo, whatever. Oh, you know, if this is what you're using, 
trust me, those trips happen. Your your ad block, it's a dollar. Send something, you know, find something out, help somebody out. You know, it's a it's huge as creators to help with you know, server costs or bandwidth or just another people who actually enjoy their product. They just don't download and use it because it's free. So. <laughs> uh, so a few minutes ago, Vincent said something very profound. Uh, why do we care about what Conway says? And I haven't for the entirety of knowing that he existed. Uh, stop looking to pop culture figures to inform your politics, to inform what you think is right. Read a book, like actually put some thought into your political stances, and also stop following these people that are out here telling you that other people aren't worth what you are because of some ridiculous characteristic. You know, the idea that we are in 2022 having a discussion about, oh, the evil of the Jewish people or, you know, Hitler was an okay guy. Like, no, it's disgusting. Elevate yourselves. Preachy, but okay. <laughs> Just give me a look. <laughs> uh, Vincent, go ahead. Me personally, because I'm not really in the political sphere, I didn't even know who Mitt Fuentes was until this gay stuff happened. No, I had no idea. I, I didn't know who he was. I didn't care anything about what he said. I, I don't fall down those rabbit holes of listening to people talk about terrible shit all the time. So for me, I'm just more looking at, at the fact of you see people like Gay or Kyrie Irving or all these people saying outrageous things and we're holding them to this massive standard of you're a celebrity. I want to trust everything that you have to say no matter who you are and what you do. And my brain is just like, why? Why do we care what these celebrities think? Why do we care that they are, they affect our culture in such a massive, world-shaking way where uh, a rapper whose last album that anybody cared about was College Dropout 10, 15 years ago. Donda was good, stop. I, I said anybody cared about it. It's different. Yeah. But I, I guess I would, I, would, I would push back and say that if you look at the effect of what Kanye is doing, and yeah, I mean, when somebody says, like, it's cultural norms, right? Like, if somebody says Hitler is good, then, especially if they're an influential figure, you have to reinforce those cultural norms, and you have to say, um, actually, and you... I guess we're all surprised by how many people are kind of speaking up, and those are good things because then it gets those conversations started. Not only do you uh, – I'm not the type who says – generally, I think, like, if Harry had some anti-Semitic views, we'd probably talk about it, right? If you're just like a troll on the Internet and you're like, the Holocaust didn't happen, I'm just like, I'm not going to waste my time on the Internet arguing with somebody that's never going to, in public, turn their, turn their life around. But – I do think that sometimes when these cultural figures say stuff like this, it's a good opportunity to have conversations about where our cultural norms are. Because if you don't and the majority doesn't sort of impose the majority opinion, then A, you don't hear the minority opinion, and B, you uh, – you, you, it's like the pedophilia thing with Balen, Balenciaga, whatever. Balenciaga. Balenciaga? Balenciaga. Whatever. The one that fired Kanye West. You, you're you know what that's, that's out about for that at all? The, the teddy bear shoes. The, the pedo teddy bear, the teddy bear and yeah. the child porn. Balenciaga. 
whatever. You're trying to get away with it. You're trying to test balloon and see what the majority opinion is, and the majority opinion should beat the shit out of pedophilia. And otherwise, pedophilia becomes something that is acceptable in our society, and under no way, like, there is a segment of society that I noticed, I noticed this pattern during COVID. People would do things that were medically invalidated in April of 2020, but kept doing them and are still doing certain things because they didn't want to look like a Republican nut job. And so we can't let that happen with things like pedophilia or anti-Semitism. Like, we have to enforce boundaries. And I think when you get into a moral relativistic society where everybody's Everybody is, and I'm a classical liberal, trust me, and I hear from my right-leaning friends that I'm too moral relativistic, but I'm not willing to pass laws to force Vincent to live the way that I live, right? We, we should have different views, but, like, the conversations around what is socially acceptable and what is beneficial for people and how you ought to live, these are very important conversations, and, yeah, sometimes because we lack strong communities, these folks are the ones that kind of bring that stuff up. Um, why should we care about anybody that has a microphone? Why should anybody listen to us too much? So I would, I would just argue that things like this are a good opportunity to, to enforce what does our culture, what does our society actually care about, and what is okay or not okay. Um, you know, you can, you have free speech. You can say whatever you want, but it doesn't mean there aren't consequences for that, right? Like, people will have the ability to freely associate with you or not. Um, and I just want to give a big shout-out, by the way, this is my final thing, to Brian Nichols. Uh, congratulations to Brian Nichols for his career surpassing Kanye West's, because Brian can get back on Tim Pool and Kanye West. So, congratulations. <laughs> he actually survived at the table longer, too. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, congratulations, right. Brian Nichols. All right. My only thing about that is that, from my perspective, I don't feel like there's a conversation being had. It's point and laugh at the man being ridiculous, right. which kind of it feels like there is at least from what I've seen. But but it's more of outside of this realm of this sit down, we have a political conversation. Outside of this, what I see is not having a conversation. It's it's. Kanye is ridiculous. Let's laugh and joke about how ridiculous he is on this Alex Jones thing. And all the stuff he's saying is so outrageous and ridiculous. We're going to laugh at him because he's putting a net on his head and, and carrying a, a bottle of Yahoo and making it, it a big joke. But that conversation doesn't happen where everybody's like, he's ridiculous. What he's saying is stupid. Everybody knows this is stupid. Why? Like, and we're just going to point and laugh, and there's not an actual conversation. At least what I've seen outside of this. Finally, um, I mean, I, I think it's important to push back on this because there are a lot of people who are using this as a chance to make score points and win one for their team and, and do everything they want to do there. But the fact that it's being that that all that stuff's happening is causing other people to have conversations about it. They may not be having it live on, on the CNNs or the Foxes or whatever, but people are talking about it in their family. And people are talking about it like what we're doing right here. The conversations are being had. It's just that those conversations don't lend themselves really well to 
Twitter books or Facebook. You can't really have conversations on those places. But passing that news around on those social media places prompts those conversations to be had elsewhere. So that's where it's important, I think, that we – I mean, it is also very interesting to me that the same people who were telling – Kaepernick, why don't you just shut up talking about politics mm-hmm. and stick it to stick to sports? Aren't saying the same thing to Kanye, right? It, it's those the same people. Hypocrisy unbound because they kind of like what Kanye is doing, right? He's tweaking the right people for them. So, oh, look, Rhino over here. Look, Kaepernick, can't get out of this without it, right? Well, he uh, had a lot of Kaepernick. <laughs> I gotta pump them up. I get the value up, so I can retire. So I can pay off my student loans since they're not getting they're not getting forgiven. Many no shows that cry out, and they just all went down again. Yeah, that, that's right. He failed. His, he, yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, that thing you said. Yeah, I yeah. like that. That's it's touch good. goal or whatever yeah. that is. Fuck that guy. That's correspondence. All right, thanks so much for joining us here on this episode of We Are Libertarians. We really appreciate it. Uh, you can subscribe to the We Are Libertarians podcast feed if you just want to listen to this style of podcast. Ask you, if you're listening to that, go over and subscribe to the Chris Spangle Show and all the other shows on the We Are Libertarians podcast network, specifically the Boss Hog of Liberty, the Brian Nichols Show, uh, Ginger RC, I think um, Upward. Yeah, Upward. All right, thanks for Every Monday at 9 o'clock. Oh, uh, on the run. Who am I forgetting? Uh, enemy of my enemy. All right, thanks so much for joining us right here. here. What? We're right here. What, what day do you mean? Uh, All right, thanks so much for joining us here on the program. We really do appreciate it. We will see you again soon.